0: T-Rose field them, goes a favor out toward the sideline, toward the end zone, caught ball, caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay, by Govins, with another huge grab, fire the cannons, the Bucks score a TD.
1: Play fake, Wilson in the
0: pocket, loads it up, home run ball, he's got Nims, Nims is there, he's at the 15 yard 5 touchdown Denver! Steps up, throws, behind it's intercepted, 3-0-7 the other way, Trey Brown, he's gonna go, 10-5, touchdown! Seahawks, and Trey Brown was there for the pick six. Good snap, good place. Kick is up. It is... Yes! a walk winner from 61! Harrison Nevis sends the Mizzou students running onto the turf. Motion man through the backfield. Shadour takes her snap, drops to throw, scans, throws him in the middle. Mikey Harrison, ran with the foul Touchdown, Colorado. Fuller to throw across the middle. It is intercepted. Stutzman's got it. 20 to the 10. How's it. Danny Stutzman, pick six. Ha-ha. Good. That's good. That's a good thing. Do you believe that? Ladies and gentlemen, this was a battle between a program
2: Hour three, Monday, September 18. Ouch. It was a bloodbath Saturday night in Stillwater. The Jaguars came to town 33 7 over OSU. Sooners win 66 17. They are headed to Cincy this weekend. Cowboys. Big 12 play this weekend as well on the road at Iowa State. In fact, all three state teams on the road. Tulsa goes to northern Illinois. So we're all kind of hitting upper Midwest, Teach Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, Ames, Iowa, and wherever northern Illinois is. Do you know where northern Illinois is?
3: Uh, Yeah, it's in don't the northern, northern, northern Illinois, part of don't Illinois. You
2: <laughs> don't you say it, you smart Ellie. <laughs> That's, that's Drake Dyken, McGriddle. He's that's with what you uh, get for calling tomorrow. me
3: Teege right there. So,
2: did I really? My you bad. Did. Did. My bad. It's okay. Uh, sorry, JT.
3: <laughs> okay, what am I supposed
2: to talk about here? Drake, remind me. What am I? Uh,
3: Jackson Arnold and Austin Stogner. Okay, Stogner.
2: Yeah, I mean he's he's not a great athlete. Um, what do you have? A couple of catches on Saturday, or just one? I'm trying to remember. Let me pull up the stats here. Stogner, one catch, 10 yards. I, I, I have not seen anything out of him yet to lead me to believe he's the Austin Stogner before the injury. But I'm not ready to render a final verdict on whether or not he can be an effective weapon for this team, especially down in the red zone and on third downs. He is still six six and two sixty or whatever he is. He's still a big target. So is he Braden Willis? No, he's a completely different player than Braden Willis. I think the way they are using Stogner and Blake Smith is uh interesting. It'll be whether it's one or both those guys, we've seen quite a bit of two tight end package going forward. We'll see. Time will tell. The Jackson Arnold uh belldozer package has, other than on one occasion, not been very effective. Once they ran it against SMU and it it worked, the other times it, it has not worked very well. I don't mind that they tried it again on Saturday. It was a blowout, and when you are in games like this is when you have the opportunity to practice things and get better at it. Now, if it's a close game... Saturday, or if it's a close game in the Cotton Bowl, and it it still hasn't shown any signs of working, and they run it out there in a crucial fourth and one or whatever, I would, you know, maybe I'd be surprised. But if it's a fact that they're not blocking it up right, we know he can run. He is not six foot six, but we know he can run. If if they need to work on the blocking schemes and and seeing if it can be a short yardage package, maybe they've got something off of that. They want to keep putting it on film so that when they do run the pass play off of that, that it'll be effective, then I don't mind it. It wasn't a crucial situation they tried to use it on. I heard Teddy say this on the podcast, and I agree wholeheartedly. I love the package they brought in with him in it, even though it didn't work very well. The uh, They ran, I think it was three consecutive plays where they completed a pass to Petaway. Uh, There was another play that I can't remember the the next one that didn't quite work. They had like the reverse coming the other way, I think, with Freeman maybe. And then they ran it where Jackson Arnold uh, threw a pass. He was as a wide receiver in that package, and he ended up throwing a pass back to the end zone that didn't work. And, And I know the package wasn't highly effective, but we saw this last year where they would take some of the reserves, they would design three or four plays for him, Run them out there, and they run it. And I, I, I really like that idea. From keeping guys plugged in, keeping them excited, they know their opportunities coming at some point. They rep the same three or four plays over and over all week. And whatever Jackson Arnold's role is, you know, eventually he's going to be the quarterback. Okay, and we saw him throw that dart to. Nick Anderson there in the second half. That's what he does best. is throw the football. But until that time comes for him to take over as the guy, the idea of keeping him involved, whether it's in the spelldozer package, where it's in a special package coming off, whatever the case may be, keeping him plugged in, keeping him uh, blood pumping, he's going into the game, you know, five to ten times, three to five times a contest, whatever it calls for, I think is valuable. I think it's valuable. Even when a play doesn't work, I think it's valuable. Now, if he gets hurt, then that's different. I don't want him running in there and and getting Davis beveled and all that kind of stuff. But my point is, even when a play doesn't work, it can have value or a package. Because now Cincinnati, the team after that, the team after that, all have to put precious little practice time into preparing for this special package that comes off the bench, the belldozer, whatever. They also know that once a game, Jeff Levy is going to maybe run different personnel on and run three or four. What could those be? We better get ready for those. It's just, it eats up valuable practice time from the defense. And it keeps all of your guys who don't see as much playing time plugged in. I like it. The short yardage Jackson Arnold package has not worked yet. Does it mean it won't ever work? Maybe, maybe not. Sometimes things get better. We don't like that idea as college f- football fans or any any sports fans. We like the idea of whatever something looks like in week two is the way it is. If a quarterback doesn't look good in week two, he's trash. There is no hope. If an offense doesn't look good in week two, fire the coordinator. We don't like to embrace the fact that things can improve. Players can get better through the years. Players can get better in a season. Offenses, defenses can get better in a season. They can get worse as well. But what it is in week three is not necessarily, in fact, rarely is it the same in week seven or ten or bowl game. So the run game, for example, it hasn't clicked yet. Does that mean it's going to stink all year? No, you know that. You've seen enough Bill Biedenboe offensive lines to know that there are several examples of them improving as the year goes along. Hopefully that happens again this year. they got a left guard situation now they got to work through. Uh, Savion Bird left the game with an injury Saturday. And uh, uh I think Caden Green to my amateur eye did a pretty nice job. He's a very promising looking freshman, but if that is more than a one week thing for Savion Bird, then they got to get that young man or somebody up to speed in a hurry. But uh, running that uh, running a package and it doesn't work two or three times does not mean it won't ever work. Um, so we'll see. I don't I don't hate I, I've heard some people uh say and or seen it on social media, please quit running that it's never gonna work. Well that's not necessarily true. They figure out how to black it up or the little wrinkle off of it, whatever that may be, scores them a touchdown against Texas then all of the five times or seven times or whatever that you ran it that didn't is worth it. Every time that you ran it and the linebackers and safeties crash to try to help stop the run and somebody slips down the seam behind them for a score in a big game makes all of it worth it. So that's my answer to that. What else you got for me, Drake? Oh, this is my segment, isn't it? I, one more time, because, you know, not everybody's with us for the whole show. Uh, kudos to Tulsa. We had an absolutely great time up there all day on Friday, Tulsa Day at the Ref. Uh, tallies for us in the morning. Uh, Chris, I think it was a Neighborhood Jam. Andy B's with Parker. The Garage with Teddy and and Tyler. Chicken and the Wolf on Saturday. What a great location that was. Uh, We we love it so much when we get to come to Tulsa. Great listeners in Tulsa. Huge listening audience up there on the buzz. Thank you so much uh, for showing us the love. And I can't wait to get back. I'm sure we'll be doing it again when the OU-Arkansas basketball game rolls around. So very much looking forward to that. Okay. Tremendous slate of football games this week, Drake. got to talk about it when we come back best week of the year so far in college football big time matchups all over the board big 12 top 25 this is a fantastic week we'll take a look at that
0: slate coming up back after this sooner football talk lives here this is the ref freeman in motion Circles
2: behind the quarterback, handoff Walker, no play action. He's going to throw deep, Nick Anderson, near
0: sideline, caught, 20, 10, 5, he's carrying a hurricane, touchdown, Nick Anderson, his third of the
3: day. Welcome back, T-Row in the morning show, final hour of the T-Row in the morning show on this Monday. Cyrus brought to you by the great people at RK Black, they've been in business over 70 years, T-Row. Since 1952, RK Black has been the leading provider of office technology solutions to small and medium sized businesses in Oklahoma and Kansas. Those technology solutions include copiers, faxes, printers, scanners, document management, and network solutions, plus so much more. Give them a call at 405 943 9800 or visit rkblack.com.
2: Can I, uh, two things real fast? Okay. Did you see the video of Rodney Anderson in the stands? I did not see that yet. No. Oh, it's great. You gotta look for that. Okay. It's, it's awesome. Okay. He he is big brother going bananas for little brother. It is so cool to see.
3: Going bananas. Almost like that uh that package Saturday. Yeah.
2: This package is you know, bananas. You know who else had a pretty good day Saturday? Who? Who at Deepajum first career first sack? First career sack? Yeah. I I uh call me crazy. I think he's going to be pretty good.
3: You're crazy.
4: You're crazy.
2: Go ahead. What do you got on the text line?
4: Uh,
3: Knucklemeyer Chevrolet text line KJ in the 918 says, I met Gunny of Stutzman Army at the game. He was in fine form. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Pastor MC says, Cincinnati is now officially a Big 12 team. They are looking ahead to Oklahoma because of their consecutive win streak and success against Miami of Ohio. I it's, think so. I think yeah. a
2: classic look ahead for them.
3: Yeah. If he, uh, if, we don't, if he doesn't go into there ready for a massive battle, we'll receive our first loss.
2: Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, I do think they got some players, and the atmosphere is going to be, uh, you know, I don't want to oversell it. It's going to be 38,000 people. This is not going to be some of the atmospheres we'll see next year, starting next year in the SEC. But they are excited to be in the Big 12. This is their first ever Big 12 game, and it is Big Bad Oklahoma coming to town. It's the biggest game they've had at Nippert Stadium in a long time. I think Ohio State's come there a couple of times, but it's a big deal. So uh, Oklahoma better be ready to walk into a
3: a Bearcat pit. I don't know. What, a, what a din? What what do Bearcats yeah. hang a din, out in? A din? din, din probably sounds right, okay. yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Braylon out of the five eight oh says, Great call Saturday. Always love syncing up the broadcast for away games. I wonder if the Freudian Andrew slip uh, is what spawned the Stogner catch.
2: Freudian Andrew slip. I
3: don't
2: know. Oh, I said, uh, I think I called him Mark Andrews Ooh. one time. I wonder if that's what he's referring okay. to. Maybe. I, he went in motion early in the game, and I see the 81 there. Andrews wore 81 too, right? Yeah. Anyway, for yeah, whatever reason, fair. I said Mark Andrews. So, maybe that's what he's talking
3: about there, uh by the way my uh the rents they synced up the t v broadcast with the in the booth on site oh yeah, and they said that they my stepdad was texting me he was like man this is this is really cool stuff this in the booth stuff, getting to see like Toby and Teddy's reaction and everybody on the uh, front row and stuff like huh. that.
2: I'm glad somebody likes it, yeah. Uh, Did they see you back there in the back with your sunglasses
3: on? Um, With my Dion sunglasses on? I I don't think that they could see me back there, mm-hmm. except for every once in a while when that's I hand you a card and stuff park. like that. Well, you know, you know, we can't. F- you you the, might just The ladies want up, to see you, Drake. Yeah, the server might go down if I'm on camera, right, okay? That's only I don't so know much if we can handle away. that. Yeah, I don't know if we can handle <laughs> that kind of traffic. Good point. Um, let's see. This is a screenshot of a tweet from, uh, Tyler Schumacher of T-Shoe Index says updated projected most likely win totals 12 for Oklahoma, 11 for Georgia, Florida, Liberty, Texas, Penn State, and Ohio State, 10 for Michigan, Tulane, USC, SMU, Notre Dame. Air Force Miami. I guess, basically, this guy is... Who's this guy? Tyler Schumacher.
2: How do you spell his last
3: name? Just like Skip Schumacher.
2: (laughs) Is there a C in there? S-C-H or Uh,
3: S-H? It's just Shoemaker, basically. Okay. Thank you for...
2: Okay. T-Shoe Index. This guy's got 3,000 followers. So, let's put... Uh, very little into his prediction now that OU is going to win 12 games. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, I would that. take
3: that prediction, but, you know.
2: Not, how, not that how many followers you have means you're right or wrong. That's not the case at all. I'm just trying to figure out who this guy is. He does a T-SHoe index ratings for projections and bets on VSIN Live. Ooh. So there that's, you go. He's now cool. projecting OU will win every regular season game.
3: Uh, out of the 405, what's Alabama's quarterback problem? Why don't they uh, try letting their top three quarterbacks play a third of the game each? And then, oh, never mind. Uh, oof. <laughs> oof, man. It is.
2: I think, it's, I think they're going back to milroe I mean, they haven't said that, but I think that's what they're going to end up doing. It is, I, I wish I could tell you that it wasn't hilarious, but it is hilarious to watch them struggle like this. Uh, un- unfortunately, we all know what's going to happen. They're going to figure this out, run the table, and be in the playoff. Yeah. But, man, they're flopping around right now.
3: Uh, Braden Burlesville actually sends a picture of you and him at the Chapman Commons
2: on okay. Saturday. You mentioned the tailgate scene. I'm sure it was heightened because Oklahoma was in town. Mm -hmm. but the location they had there is what I wish we had at Oklahoma.
3: Oh, it was awesome.
2: Which is that giant open field. They had a massive stage on one end with a guy singing the most annoying song I've ever heard in my life over and over again about pain and rain and something. Uh, And
3: canes Canes
2: and and rain, rain the cane, cane and rain. It was a 15-minute
3: cover right there.
2: They had tailgating tents all over the place, and they had – uh, free food, yeah. Free food, like tents all around with free food and and bottled water and everything for people, and so very cool setup.
3: Let's see, Julio says the only thing running through Lumik. Whoa, uh, is rampant uh, meth addiction, Tiro. Wow, oh, Julio coming in for the kill shot this morning um kevin and tulsa hey guys what is the best app to listen to the sooners on saturday um varsity network varsity app. network app yeah
2: yeah varsity believe, network i believe
3: app. it's the only one you can listen to without a subscription i think that tune in now requires a subscription so
2: if you are headed to cincy bring your radios with you drake will put out an in-house fm frequency at nippert stadium and um you will be able to hear the broadcast live inside the stadium. That's always the case, by the way, on the road and at home, but on the road even when, where, wherever we go. Get you one of those little $10, 20 FM radios at Walmart, and um, you can hear us wherever we go.
3: Let's see. Last one out of the nine. I know you want to go over the slate of games. Uh, Toby, once the Sooners are in the SEC, and due to the fact that Oklahoma State apparently doesn't go doesn't play football anymore. Shouldn't Josie schedule Tulsa every year? Call it Route sixty six Rumble. Just a thought. You actually not, you you talked about this in the post game. Actually, yeah, Teddy you?
2: likes your idea. Teddy thinks we should play him every year.
3: Or maybe that oh, was I pregame.
2: That, I think that's a bit much. I don't remember when we talked about it. I might have been on the ref pregame. Yeah, I think that's a bit much. Uh, I think it's. I think it's great to play Tulsa. It's great for them because, you know, they get a big check out of it when they come to Norman. It's great for OU. Not that they should be going to TU a lot, but when they do, it's a fertile recruiting ground and, and to make a presence in a big Sooner fan base in Tulsa is great. Maybe, you know, twice every five years or so. It, it They are a nice non-conference hype opponent to have on your schedule the travel's easy uh you keep it in the state all that kind of stuff every year would get old so more frequently than we do now do some two-for-ones with them i mean that was a great scene it, it's a home game that's a road game for oklahoma it was a lot of fun it's easy to get there it's a great scene um so yeah i i like playing to you a lot if they want to do it i'm for it i don't i don't think every year is what we want but fairly frequently three three times in a 10-year span or or maybe three times in an eight-year
3: span something like that possibly possibly every other year and the third one you go up there
2: okay i could i could live with that i need a little more variety in my schedule than to play them every year absolutely Okay, uh, here's the slate this week. Listen up. Uh, top 25 games, Michigan, their fourth, well, they get Rutgers. They play him in Ann Arbor. 11 a.m., Florida State at Clemson. Mm. 3-0 and Florida State on the road at Clemson. Florida State favored by one and a half. OU, by the way, now a two-touchdown favorite at Cincy. I think it was nine or nine and a half on Saturday. So after the Cincy loss, it went up significantly. Colorado at Oregon, 2.30 on ABC Saturday. Dion takes the Buffs to Autzen Stadium. What an environment that will be. That will be great. Oregon has looked fantastic early. UCLA and Utah, a couple of ranked teams in the Pac-12. They will play at Utah, 2.30 on Fox. Another top 15 matchup here. Ole Miss at Alabama. Bama less than a touchdown favorite. Lane Kiffin taking his Rebels into Tuscaloosa. Duke at UConn, Miami at Temple, Tennessee hosting UTSA. Arkansas at LSU Saturday night. That's fun. Another good Pac-12 game. The two teams that are getting left out of all this are both ranked. Oregon State at Washington State. Both 3-0. and Florida hosting Charlotte. Georgia gets UAB between the hedges. Ohio State and Notre Dame in South Bend. Top 10 showdown, 6.30 Saturday night on NBC. Fantastic. Ohio State a three-point road favorite. Another Big Ten, Penn State and Iowa in Happy Valley. North Carolina goes to Pitt. USC's at Arizona State, but Arizona State has a plum run out of quarterbacks. And Washington is hosting Cal. Okay, those are top 25 games not involving the Big 12. First full week of Big 12 football this weekend. These are fun, too. In addition to OU Cincinnati, at 11 o'clock you got SMU going to TCU. That's a non-conference game, but still going to be Interesting from an OU perspective to see how SMU does against the Frogs. TCU a six-point favorite. BYU, fresh off their win in Fayetteville, at Kansas. 230 on ESPN, great game. Both teams undefeated. Kansas favored by eight and a half. Texas Tech at West Virginia, 230. OSU at Iowa State at three. Iowa State, three-and-a-half-point favorite.
3: (laughs) With as bad as Iowa State is, the fact that they're a three-point favorite against OSU.
2: Houston and Sam Houston. It feels like the Spider-Man meme right there. Right? Six o'clock. Texas at Baylor. 6.30 on ABC. Texas a a 14-and-a-half-point road favorite. And here's a sneaky, intriguing game, 7 o'clock on FS1, UCF, Gus Malzahn, team undefeated at Kansas State. Okay, State coming off that heartbreaking loss at Missouri, favored by 7.5, the Wildcats are. So there you go. Great games all over the place on Saturday. Big-time week of big-time matchups ahead of us. We'll be back.
0: The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510.
2: Williams back to pass, looking for the underneath screen. It's played perfectly.
0: Intercepted. Trace Ford at the 20. Only the quarterback to beat. He's buying, but he's tripped up inside the five on the fifth interception of the day for OU.
2: First time since... 2003 Oklahoma has had five interceptions in a game turnover margin after three games at plus six five different guys had picks one of them Gentry Williams the hometown kid one of several on this team from the 918 Booker T Washington product and Chris chatted with him on the field after the game
1: Chichere Williams is down here. How did it feel to be home? It felt great, man, to be back here in my home environment, playing for the people I love the most. Um, you know, just overall great environment. I loved it today. Yeah, you, you guys asked for I love this moment. Coach V so busy coaching. I don't think he noticed it when we asked him. You guys asked for cr- crowd noise in the third quarter, and in a yeah. road environment, they bring the noise. How cool was that? It was amazing. You know, from the jump, I think when the time we started doing warm-ups, you could feel the crowd. It almost felt like a home game. And, I just want to give all the credit to the Sooner fans for making that travel here to this game, and I really do appreciate them. How would it feel to get that pick? Amazing. You know, we had a little KOR that, you know, it was a good return, but you ended up having a turnover on that. But we was able to respond the right way and get a turnover. You've been through so much. Your battle through the shoulder thing, but to come out and have a day like this, I know your family's waiting and everything, but how how special does it feel? Extremely special. You know, my family's who I do it for, and I love them very dearly. You know, I'm going to keep fighting this whole entire season for them. And, you know, for my my teammates good to see you play out at home congrats man sir thank you good
2: job he's playing good ball uh had to leave for a bit after what looked like a stinger early in that game but uh came back uh six tackles i believe in addition to that interception which was the first of the five picks it was on the opening tulsa possession of the game and i think he's established himself if he can stay on the field as that other starting corner now Kendall Dolby had a fabulous interception as well when he came in. The uh, 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 Trace Ford pick there at the end was awesome. Uh, so a lot of a lot of good play. Uh, one thing to keep an eye. Speaking of like hometown kids, not that it's his hometown, but I really hope Desan McCullough is back this week and can play Saturday. Because he will have people there, Day and DeSan, from Indiana, right across the border. And uh, really, uh, they need him. I I, I think the cheetah position was fine with Kip Lewis and Peyton Bowen on Saturday, not really stressed that much. But if Justin Harrington's going to be out for a while, and it looks like he might be, then they need Dasan to be a big part of this defense. And so they need to get him back so he can get um, involved. Uh, And so hopefully the ankle is better this week. And and I'm sure there'll be a bunch of friends and family there. And it'd be cool for him to get to play back close to home. We don't take many calls on this show, but let's see what Kelly has to say. Kelly, good morning.
4: Good morning, Toby. How are you? I'm great.
2: How are you today?
4: I'm fine. Hey, look, Sometimes I think OU fans I get all bundled up together and and people will refer to you fan, OU fans. But just like everything else, there's good ones and bad ones. And for the majority, most of us are intelligent enough to understand that it's three games into the season and things may change.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, but with that being said, it does seem odd to complain about a fact that a team won 66-7, to But for years, our Achilles heel has been the fact that we are allowing the opposing team wide receivers to be wide open. And when you start playing elite teams, that's going to come back and bite you on the backside. And it does need to be addressed. And you're telling us about, well, this is three games into the season. We're not going to be the same team in game seven as we are in game three, which is true. But if we look at it from last year, we were 3-0 and the first three games of this season. And by Game 7, we were really bad. So, for some intelligent OU fans, that is a legitimate concern. And I don't think that we should be, you know, blasting the players. They played an excellent game. But it still is a concern. Would you not yeah, agree? So,
2: so, you're talking about the two touchdowns?
4: That one, I could... That one I yeah. could have scored on. There was no, I didn't see anybody even in the pitcher When you know, I got home both, and I watched it,
2: the, yeah, yeah, they were both busted coverages. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's well, got to be. They had
4: wide open receivers against SMU, and they even did against Arkansas State. The guys just couldn't catch the ball. Um, yeah, I, so, you're
2: you're remembering it differently than I am, Kelly. I, I think they've played pretty well in the secondary so far, and
4: you haven't have seen not, the wide open receivers.
2: I have not seen wide open receivers all over the field against Oklahoma. I, I saw on the two possessions that they scored touchdowns on on Saturday, certainly the touchdown passes were busted coverages and there were some other plays in that where they found some open receivers. So those two drives, yes, but they also had five interceptions and yeah, threw, And I get
4: that, uh, but I, and, and and I and I understand that and I agree with you. 17 for
2: 27 passing on Saturday, which is not a very high percentage. No.
4: I get that. I, I understand yeah. that. And again, I'm not slamming my sooners. I agree it was a phenomenal game. But when you start playing teams that can throw no, like, I'm
2: gonna throw. I'm gonna oh you're you know, you're right. I disagree with you though.
4: Okay.
2: I think All that right. well I I think I the problem for this team many times through the years is is open receivers, especially behind the defense. And I think that it has been very pleasant to see that has not been an issue for this team.
4: Not like uh, it, not in the past. you're right. It's much better than what it was. It, it yeah, is yeah. I agree with you. They
2: got to fix the two busted coverages on Saturday. that If that is a sign of things to come, we're in trouble, but um,
0: yeah.
4: hopefully right. it's not. It,
2: hopefully it's not.:
4: I agree, I agree. Have a good day.:
2: Thanks, Kelly. Drake, you agree with that? Or have you have you have you seen a rash of open receivers running around? Not on necessarily,
4: secondary? and I mean,
3: really, the way that offenses are designed these days is it's it's to set up some of those uh, bigger plays. And really, Oklahoma hasn't allowed many big plays on the season. Like, uh, how many? Just off cuff, how many thirty-plus yard, twenty-plus yard plays do you think OU's defense has given up this year? Now, I know it's not three elite um, offenses by any means, but I mean, even great defenses give up the occasional busted coverage. And I mean, you kind there's of there's probably been five to
2: eight. I, right. I don't I can't think of them off the top of my head, but there's probably been five to eight.
3: But they they haven't had the big busting coverage like you saw at the end of the last year. And Kelly's right. like it could digress. Sure. But there's nothing that I've seen from the secondary that gives me the biggest concern. I mean, to me, a lot of people have talked about this, the running game not getting started at this juncture of the season is the bigger concern. But also, there's been, you you alluded to this again, is that there's been lots of years to where the running game hasn't been going like it should the first three or four games under Bill Biedenboe, and then the offensive line figures out once they get their five guys set. So, um, yeah, the bus coverage, is not I I don't think it's been a glaring problem to me. Uh, Teddy might say differently. I don't know. I think
2: I've heard Ted say that um, there have been several occasions or more than he'd like where guys have been able to find open pockets in our zone defenses when we drop eight. That's a concern he's had. Uh, if you're going to drop eight, there shouldn't be easy open pockets yep. for receivers to find. So that that's something he's pointed out. But I would say in general, across the board, whether it's forcing turnovers, stuffing the run, preventing big plays, so far you've got to be really thrilled with what you've seen defensively. Now, we would say the exact same thing a year ago at this exact same point. So cautious optimism, cautious optimism. And I would imagine it's not going to be very fun watching the film session of those two touchdown passes that Tulsa had. One of them was Macari Vickers, a freshman who, uh, you know, made a mistake. I think he he thought he was in a different defense than they were in. And the other one was uh, a veteran. The uh the, the Texas Tech transfer that bit on the out and up. Yeah, Pearson. and uh Reggie Pearson got burned on that one. So yeah. But we'll see. We'll know more Saturday. Emory Jones not a great thrower, but because he is so mobile, he can manipulate your secondary sometimes and find some guys. And then you got Quinn Ewers not too far off in the distance, too. So we'll learn a whole lot more about how good Oklahoma's
0: secondary is or isn't in the next three weeks. We'll be back. The word is spreading, and the ref army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF app. It is time for The Crossover with Toby Rowland. T.J. Perry, and Chris Plank, brought to you by Orthostat. Injuries aren't convenient, but Orthostat is. Orthostat, convenient orthopedic care. Seven days a week, no appointment needed. Now, with the crossover, here's Toby Rowland, T.J. Perry, and Chris Plank. Big weekend
2: for my man Plank, back in his hometown of Tulsa. I don't, hometown, that's accurate, right? I know you're from Wood River, Illinois, but.
1: More time there than any other place in my life, so I think that fits. How was your weekend, man? It was awesome. It was awesome. Um, Everything about it from, you know, I went down Thursday night to uh, seeing a couple people on Thursday night. And then, uh, you know, Friday, uh, the Ref Army showing out the way that it did. I got to see a lot of people that I used to work with because our studios and station has moved from where it was when I worked at iHeart in Tulsa. So that was really cool. Uh, you and I got to hang out, go to an event, drive around. You had never, had you ever, you hadn't driven up Riverside since the Gathering Place, right? Correct. Yeah. So we took a little road trip there. So it was nice. And then, you know, from fr- from the game and the tailgating and everything around it, it was um, uh, and and a CO you play that way it was really, really encouraging. Really fun. fun. I loved it. Loved everything about it.
2: Yeah, uh, it was great. Uh, Tulsa's a great city, and. Uh... You know, when you play well, everything feels a little better. So, um, yeah, that was fun, and I'm I'm very excited about this week too. I think, Me too. Uh, Me too. Going to Cincinnati is going to be a, a lot of fun. Hopefully, they'll they'll play well well again. What was your, what are you now? A couple of days later, uh, thinking about the game. I really thought
1: I had a great question for Brent Venables. I really thought that he would take it and and think it was a good question and run with it. But my favorite moment in that whole game, and I just, and I, as soon as I asked the question, I thought, oh, no, that was great for you and the fans. But he was so mad after it. I love the moment in the third quarter when I think we've got some guys that a little deeper in the depth chart, and uh, Oklahoma just scored, and they asked for noise in that south end zone, Toby, and they get it. And Sooner Nation <laughs> show It was it was awesome it was awesome,
2: yeah, it it was was cool.
1: awesome. and they forced it three and out and I thought to myself Wait, that really seemed... lost like
2: 12 yards on that possession yeah
1: and and the place was into it and even in a blowout I thought you know that that's gonna be I'm sure that's the one that he remembers but then I remembered <laughs> as soon as that question came out of my mouth that was also the moment whenever venables was out on the hash marks, and the referee was like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm going to talk to my player. <laughs> and whomever yeah. it was that was coming off the field, in a, it, it, after a three-and-out that might have been one of the better defensive sequences, there is that flawless execution, everything matters mindset. And I'm telling you what, if you listen to the broadcast on Saturday, you probably got sick and tired of me bringing it up. But T-Row, it is real. It, it, does, it didn't matter what that score was. Brent Venables didn't care about that crowd and that the defense forced a three-and-out. He was mad because I believe it was the Cheetah did not take care of the responsibilities correctly. Yeah. Kip and Lewis, it's just, I
2: think, got the... Yeah. yeah,
1: you know, yeah. And there was a... Macari Vickers caught a little bit this weekend, too. You know, there was enough to go around. So...
2: Peyton that, Bowen that was, got it one time. He was Peyton, Brent was fired up Saturday, man.
1: I... I it, it didn't seem any different for some reason, and maybe it's because, you know, kind of breaking down the fourth wall, you know, we're right there on the sidelines now because there's not really a lot of room behind it. So to see it and to have that vantage point, it was.
2: I love the people. I love the people who say Brent doesn't get as fired up as he used to. I I, I don't know if the camera just never catches him at the right moment or what, but he's a psycho down there, man. So, yeah. Have a great show today, Chris. Thank you, bud. Rudy's tonight. Come on out and join us. 6 and 7 o'clock. Huddle at 6. Brent Venable's show at 7. We'll do this again tomorrow. Have a great Monday, everybody.
0: It's the Plank Show with Chris Plank and Josh Helmer. Weekdays from 9 a.m. till noon on your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network.